guys. Uh, welcome to the Wimbo and G podcast. Very thankful that you're tuning in with us again. This is episode number three. Three. And on the Wimbo and G podcast, we uh, take questions from our students in our various student ministries, and we answer those from a biblical worldview. Um, and so just want to remind you of some ways you can keep in touch with the podcast. Uh, we are on the Apple Podcast app, and so if you open up your podcast on your iPhone, search Wimbo and G, you can subscribe to us that way. You can also uh, follow us on YouTube, uh, on Bethany Baptist's Instagram is a way to get to it. It's all over Facebook on Bethany and Carolina's pages, and so uh, connect with us in that way. How's it been going, Gary? It's been going good. How, how are you been doing? Man, I'm great. I'm School's great. back. School is back, Man. baby. It yes. is back. Uh, blast. As you know, I drive a school bus, uh, and it's been interesting. I mean, mm. I typically have about 70 kids on the bus on a normal day, and, and now I only have about 20. Yes. And they're all masked up, and I'm mm. like, hey, take your mask down so I can see who you Okay, that's who you are. All right. So it's, it's crazy. Social distancing social working distance. on the school bus? It's or? working. Yeah, it's, so, it's working. All right. Well, we do have a new lineup of questions for you uh, this time around, and so we're, we've got some heavy hitters, so we'll lay an outline for the podcast as we did last time, and it helps you if you want to uh, skip to a particular question that you're interested in and, and skip over one that you're not interested in, you can do that. And So our lineup is, uh, first we're going to cover some questions about homosexuality and how to... Uh, look at that and approach that in regards to amongst our students and in regards to Christian students and student ministry. Um, we got a feminist movement as number two question. What do we think about the feminist movement? Also, what do we think about Black Lives Matter and these different organizations that are rising in popularity right now? Uh, tell us number uh, three what, and four. Number three is going to be how do, how do we hear from God? So many That's times right. as student pastors we hear students say, Hey, we read our Bible, we pray, but we're just not hearing from mm. God. So, you know, how do we hear from God? And also, we're going to tag that with how do we know we're called to the ministry? Mm -hmm. uh, we can share about our callings and stuff like that. And finally, one of our favorite questions, we get, we're, question. we're excited about this question. What if our youth group stinks? What if the youth group yes. stinks? They just so many times. Don't ever do yeah. anything. We're a tiny church. Yes. We don't play cool music. What do we do with uh, that? So many times I've asked kids, like, well, where do you go to church at? Well, I go to uh, Ebenezer number three down here, and, and it's it's terrible. Our youth group stinks. Right. There's and, no kids my age. Yeah, there. so we're going to talk about that today and, and how to address that. So, you know, uh, Jake, let's just jump right in there. Homosexuality among our student ministries. Yes. So uh, homosexuality is an issue that we face, and a lot of times... Um, in our student ministries, I, I haven't had a, a student admit to struggling with homosexual desires, and, and we'll talk about you know how we would approach that if they did. Um, but I think the general consensus of my students at Bethany is, is that we do understand that homosexuality is working against the will of God that's put forth in Scripture, not only by His law where He commands not to do it, but also based on His natural order. We see in Genesis when He has the man and the woman. So they get that it's not God's will for their life. They get that it is sinful to continue in this lifestyle. But I think the question might be more so, how do I minister to and approach those who are homosexuals? Because there might be some in their school and whatnot. So what? Uh, over 13 years at Carolina, I've had several students over the years that have come forward and, and shared with me or shared with my wife 
uh, that they have struggled. They do struggle with homosexuality. They do struggle with those feelings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and if we've been able to walk through that journey with them. Okay. And, uh, you know, just share with them about some things. And, and thankfully, uh, today, I mean, most of them are doing God's will. And they're, you know, one of them's, you know, they're all in heterosexual relationships now. And, you know, it's nothing that we said, you know, we're going to talk about that. But one thing you need to realize, if you are a student and you are struggling with homosexuality, one thing I would encourage you to do is go talk to your student pastor. Absolutely. Go go see, you know, hey, if you're a girl, say, hey, Brother Jake, I would like to sit down with you and Miss Brittany. I want to talk to you all about something. Because sometimes, here's one thing I realize, uh, we sometimes... You, you as students, and we as adults even, we get our emotions out of check. Mm. And, you know, sometimes like the, some of the students that I've encountered, their their emotions have been out of check. They, 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 they're confused, mm-hmm. and they're misinterpreting what they're feeling for a more of a sexual type of love for the, the same sex. Mm. And it's not necessarily that that's how they really are. They're just confused, and they need to talk that thing out. So you got any thoughts on this? Well, I mean... <clears throat> Couple things you've already covered. Number one, talk to your student pastor. I think that's important. I think uh, this is very similar to when we talked about depression on our last episode, and that this is an issue that a lot of people, if they're struggling with these uh, feelings or attractions, they might say, "I'm the only person who struggles with this," mm-hmm. and that's not true. This is not foreign to any man or any woman. Uh, we all have various struggles, and so I'm sure someone else in your church or in your circle of of friends or whatever has this struggle and so you have to get that out there we can't have any topic or any sin that is taboo to talk about within the church because if the church can't speak into it then someone not as godly is going to speak into it and so uh, I do think you should talk about it and secondly like you said you know um, there's a danger in following our heart there's a danger in saying well this feels right and so I think it's okay God has given us emotions, and they're healthy. Uh, We don't want to do completely away with emotions, but we want to take those emotions that we have and place them underneath the umbrella of his word, his law, his decrees, uh, what's good and right in his eyes. And so, got to keep that in line. Uh, I think, too, one thing, there's a new movement going on around our country, and, and it's not really that prevalent here, but I have traveled outside of the South and met with other youth pastors, and, and this is the statement they say, that there's a new fad called the uh, homosexual Christian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and guys, I'm, I'm sorry to have to say that. Well, actually, I'm not. The Bible says it. I don't have to apologize for the Bible, but there's no such thing as the homosexual Christian. You cannot openly live in sin and expect to be in the right standing with God. And that doesn't just go for homosexuality. That yes. goes for sex outside of marriage. That goes for alcoholics. That goes for drugs. I mean, you know, you can't say I'm an alcoholic Christian or I'm a drug-using Christian or, you know, anything like that. I mean, we, you know, God has called us to be above reproach. God has called us to walk a, in a certain standard. And our society has tried to make homosexuality the norm now. Mm. You know, hey, listen, that's just how you feel. You know, you were born that way, and, you know, Jesus is going to accept you the way he is. Now, he's going to accept you. Right. He's going to forgive you of your sin. Right. But he wants you to walk away from your sin. Yeah, that's true. And that's that goes true. back to one of the story I look at is the woman caught in adultery. Mm. And, you know, Jesus was writing in the sand, and, and he, you know, told the people, hey, whoever sinless cast the first stone. Now, he didn't. T- he told the woman, hey, you know, there's no accusers here, neither do I. I forgive you. Go and sin no more. 
So he's gonna, he will forgive you of homosexuality or whatever you're struggling with in that thing, but you also have to walk away from that lifestyle. Mm -hmm. That's the key. And that brings up another point. You know, some students say, well, I can't help this. I was born this way. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Um, that seems to be probably the most popular argument uh, for, for homosexuality. And, um, you know, we've also seen that argument from uh, alcoholics, you know. Uh, we've been seeing that argument from people who habitually smoke cigarettes, you know. Just can't, just can't help it. This is, uh, I was rough around the edges. This is how I've always been. This is how I'll always be. And so I think the argument about <clears throat> I was born this way is not a good argument. I think even if, and, and scientifically speaking, from my point of view, what I've seen is there's no proof whether we are or whether we aren't born this way. They haven't come across that yet. That's right. I, I, I haven't seen it. They've so, tried. They've tried. They have tried. So I think even if we give them that, even if there is a chance that people are born with homosexual tendencies, um, it doesn't make it okay. The Bible teaches that the way we are born is not some good and some bad. Romans chapter 3, Romans chapter 5 uh, you'll see that the Bible teaches that we are born sinful, utterly sinful. We're just like our father Adam and our mother Eve and that we've inherited this sin. And so we're born with several different things that are not okay to fall back on and say, I was born that way, therefore it's okay to do. Uh, and so God wants to give you a new heart. God wants to give you a new heart that, that no longer is born this way, but is now born again. That's what the Bible teaches. And so our desires are for righteousness and goodness and our hatred is for that sin. Um, so I don't think it's a strong argument. I don't think so either. And, and you know, it's kind of like what I said a minute ago, homosexual Christian. I do believe, you know, you say, well, listen, Garrett, listen, Jake, I, I struggle with the attraction to same-sex people. Uh, that happens. And you know what? So I believe, yeah. I truly believe that you can be in the right standing with God and still struggle with that attraction. You know, same yeah. thing with yeah, alcohol. So. You mm -hmm. can be a devout Christian and say, man, I just struggle, man. I want to take a drink of alcohol, but because of my relationship with Christ, I'm not going to do it. That's right. I'm going to abstain from that. And I think the same thing goes with homosexuality. So here's how this this gets us to that point. Let's say you got a, a student in your youth group, Susie. I don't know. We'll go with Susie. We'll yeah, go with Susie. I don't actually have a Susie, yeah. so that works. So let's say Susie's in your youth group. Susie has admitted at school she's an open lesbian. You know, I'm I'm interested in other women as a youth group. Well, how do you uh, how do you minister to Susie, knowing what she said? Uh, first of all, uh, we we don't cast Susie out. Absolutely, uh, we don't tell her that we're holy here. You can't be here because that's just the furthest thing from the truth. Um, and so we we invite Susie in, and we uh, cre create an atmosphere that is welcoming of Susie as a person, but also speaking truth into Susie's life. Uh, that, that this lifestyle is not good. Not only is it sinful against God, but it's going to create damage mm -hmm. to her and to her friends and to her family. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's what I would do. And and you have to attack it with love and truth. There has to be a good balance. Usually you see an imbalance of that. Yeah. To one extreme or the other. Too much truth, no love. Too much love, no truth. And so I think God calls us to, to tightrope walk there. But you, you invite Susie in. You love on her and you provide her with friends who will point her in the right direction. Absolutely, and I think that's the biggest thing, guys. We just need to, like, listen, if we boil this down to its origin, uh, Susie's just looking for somebody to love her. That's right. And it so happened at school that Janie showed her some kind of love at school, and she's that there's attraction. If, they, if Susie can go anywhere and feel love, 
It should be our churches and our That's youth right. group. That's right. So, you know, we don't need to be like, ugh, Susan's <laughs> gross, you know. We don't need to come up with all these names. Listen, there's a million names we can call people. Listen, we need to love on them. Now, I'm not saying you have to be their best friend at school, you know, but I am saying that you, you pray for Susie. Mm -hmm. You love on Susie. When Susie comes to your youth group, she's searching for something. Right. And, you know, we as the church need to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. Mm. And I, I fully believe Jesus would would embrace Susie and say, I love you. That's right. And I forgive you for where you stand. Yeah. So man, you know, what was the what was the thing about Jesus, man, that blew people away so much? It's like, who does this man think he is? He eats with sinners. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh whew. and so I think I think Jesus would do that. He would he would invite her in and dine with her and, and get to know her on a relationship level while never compromising the truth. Of, of God's word. So. And, and probably what's so crazy about that is if we all wanted to be honest, we're toting around our sin too. We're all disgusting. You know, and, and, and you know, we're looking at you're Susie right. thinking, you're a lesbian. You're, dis you're disgusting. You're a disgrace to God. But we may be toting around a pornography addiction. That's right. That's we right. may be toting around you fill in the blank. I mean, so, you know, just remember, first of all, remember where you've been saved from. And second, remember, love this kid. She's yes. there for a reason, or he's there for a reason. Love on him, and be be Jesus's hands and feet. Okay, that's right. And the goal is not to become straight. Yes. The goal is to become saved. And you know, we'll work out the difference. <laughs> that's we'll right. work on it that's as right. we go. Okay, that, that's so, right. Second thing, feminist movement. All right, feminist movement. Feminist movement. Uh, man, this is gaining a lot of traction, a lot of popularity. Yes. Um, with feminist movement, and it's. It's in the headlines. It's all over. It's all over Facebook. I know some friends who have really latched on to the feminist mm -hmm. movement, um, and, and most of them are females. Just so happens to be the case. And um, and so, man, how does the feminist movement run alongside God's word, the gospel, and um, do we as Christians believe that men and women are created equal? And if the answer to that is yes, then why don't we support and encourage the feminist movement? I think okay. That's the question. Good, good question. Uh -huh. uh, I do believe we were all created equal. Yes. I believe, but I also believe that God ordained men to be the leaders in the home. Now listen, if you're a girl out there and you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, Brother Garrett's a sexist. <laughs> I'm not, I promise. But here's what I know. I, I understand the fact that we, we are made different. Mm -hmm. There's so many differences about us. You know, women are, so many times are, you know, loving and comforting and, and you know, motherly mm -hmm. and all those different mm -hmm. things where men, we're not. We're mm -hmm. scruff and rough and, you know, all those kind of things. So even though we were born, even though God created us equal, God also gave us different roles and responsibilities. Right. And, uh, and I don't believe the Bible ever for once takes away from the fact that, you know, women are supposed to be you know, floor mats <laughs> for us to wipe our feet on and, and just be like, you do what we say, we're the man. You know, that's right. Get in that kitchen and cook yeah. something. You know, I don't believe that's, that's the case. That seems to be what people say, yeah. I don't either. I, I, think, I think, too, that God ordained the men to be the leaders of the home. Mm -hmm. I believe he ordained it. Listen to me, men, guys. If you're a student listening, God's put a lot of weight on your shoulders because he expects us as men to lead our families, to lead our wives, to lead our children uh, closer to uh, to him and to be that provider and protector. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, as soon as you begin to get a big head and think, man, yeah, I get to be the leader of my home. I get to make decisions, boss people around. That's not exactly what we're referring to. I think you also have to be 
the trendsetter in servanthood in your home, you know, and that you're going you're gonna to serve uh, greater than and first, even before anybody else thinks about serving. That's, that's the man's job. That's Man, he's going to jump to it. You know, Jesus said first shall be last, last shall be first. And so I think that's true. But, man, I <clears throat> totally get what you're saying. Totally get what you're saying. Different yet equal. I think that's a BCF term. I think I picked that up at BCF. I think so. Different yet equal. Man, that's, BCF. That's men and women for life, baby. That's right. Always an eagle. Um, but <laughs> the feminist movement. Um, I do think that the feminist movement will, there's, there's two different extremes. And one is what you just were describing. Hey, women shouldn't work outside the home. They should only cook, homeschool the children. Like that's, that's a little too, that's a little too hardcore. Okay. Um, that's, that's too, um, what's the word? Chauvinistic is a big, big fancy word. But then the other side is what I am seeing from the feminist movement is, is that they're not landing on equal playing field. They're actually going too far to the other side and saying women can serve in every leadership capacity. As a matter of fact, we should make sure we have a woman in every leadership capacity. That way we have diversity and because we need a woman's touch and, and, and insight. And um, I don't see that biblically. I certainly don't see that for the local church. And I certainly don't see that for the home uh, in Scripture. And so, uh, you know, I've always heard this. It's not in the Bible. But I've always heard that the Lord took the rib of Adam because he wanted man and woman to walk side by side, be, be partners, be on the same team. He didn't take, you know, he didn't take something from his back or from his front where he would be, you know, he took it from his side so that you walk equally together. Now, here's what I want to take away from the feminist movement. You say, well, hey, I'm a feminist and I'm a Christian. So here's what I want you to think about. Kind of like Jake said, what does the feminist movement stand for mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. okay does the feminist movement the the feminist movement that you want to support does it support biblical guideline standards right, right. okay if you're supporting a group that says this is my body this womb is my womb and if i want to abort this child that's my business well that absolutely contradicts the very heart mm-hmm. of god mm-hmm. And, and I fully believe that you need to be, you cannot support that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you, if you follow a movement that says, you know, anything that goes against what God's Word's teaching, and that's kind of like leads us to our next point, Black Lives Matters, Antifa, you know, and that even goes to this, NRA, uh, <laughs> any, any, any group that you follow, you say, well, I want to be a part of this group. But what does that group support? Yeah, who, who are their friends? You who, know? Are their friends? who are they running with? Exactly. Um, and I agree. And so from the feminist movement, what we see is, like you said, I didn't even think about this, is abortion is a close friend of the feminist movement. It is. And, and Planned Parenthood, close friend of the feminist movement. And as we talked about Black Lives Matter and we look into the history and the leadership of this group, you'll see that they're close friends with the feminist movement, close friends with Planned Parenthood, and, and close friends with um, an LGBT mm-hmm. agenda as well. And so, um, man, but what, what have you seen, what have you heard from Black Lives Matter or from Antifa? I'm not even sure of the difference between the two, I'll be honest. Yeah. Uh, what, how's that working out? Why, why can I be a Christian and should I, as a Christian, I should not support Black Lives Matter or Antifa? Why not? I think, I think it goes back to 
the very heart of what, what they do. Now, are there are there peaceful Black Lives Matter movements? I believe so. We had one mm-hmm. here in Andalusia. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they met together on the square, and you know, they wanted social justice. Yeah. And yeah. you know, hey, as a Christian, I fully believe that we need. As a Christian, I fully believe we need social justice. Absolutely. I think that as a Christian, the Bible calls us to stand up for those who cannot stand up for themselves, mm. whether it be widows, orphans, children that can't speak for themselves, mental, mentally handicapped people. And, and, minorities. and minorities. And minorities. I totally Absolutely. believe we need to stand up for this. I mean, we can't, we can't pack a shoebox at Christmas and send to people in Africa or you know South America that can't defend themselves. They don't have you know they don't have the things that we have. I don't think we can do that and say, hey, we're trying to promote you know this when we don't promote social justice in our own that's community. Man, I believe man. that. Mm-hmm. But does what they believe? Do you think God is being honored by burning a city down? Mm-hmm. Do you think God is being honored by taking a stick? And beating an eighty-something-year-old woman up because she won't let you rob her business. I mean, and that and that that may not even be Black Lives Matter. It may be any of that. But guys, here's what the deal is: whether it be feminist, Planned Parenthood, LGBTQ, RSWYZ, uh, Antifa, you know, whatever you're supporting, you need to look and first and foremost and say, who do they support? Now, if I follow this group, if I follow Black Lives Matter. Is, is following them going to take me closer to my relationship with Christ and doing God's will? Mm. Or is it going to pull me further away? Mm. And one thing that I struggle with personally is, is supporting this group going to increase hate in my heart or is it going to increase love in my heart? Because mm. right now it's easy to hate people. Mm-hmm. It's easy to hate a political party. It's easy to hate politicians. It's easy to hate a race. And, you know, what is this movement doing that's going to draw me closer to Jesus. Right, right. Man, that's good wisdom. I mean, I, it's hard for me to even add anything to it. That's so good. But I do think, man, you just you just want to be known for the right things. It's just like I'm a Southern Baptist because I believe Southern Baptist values. Well, if a day comes when they introduce a new value to the Southern Baptist Convention that I do not agree with, then I, I can't associate with them anymore. Um you know, if they all of a sudden are ordaining uh, homosexual priests or, or you know pastors in in Southern Baptist world, I mean, that's, and so same goes for these groups that we seem to line up and associate with. That it, it sometimes it's sometimes it's not good that it is that way, but we can't change the fact yeah. that it is that way. And you know what? It's okay. Even I was just talking to a guy uh, this past week, and he was a member of a club, and after. After becoming a Christian and after praying about it and spending time with the Lord, he, he was convicted that it was not something he needed to be associated with as a Christian. And he withdrew his membership from that. Mm. And so it's something that you can change your mind on. You may say, man, I have been diehard feminist all these years, but now after researching and seeking the Lord, I realize I need to, I need to part ways with them. That's right. And that's okay. That's right. Mm-hmm. You can still be passionate about the equality of human beings. You should be, be passionate about uh, the fairness granted to women. You can still be passionate about uh, the treatment of blacks and um, and still not be a part of these movements um, because there's more going on behind the scenes here. Uh, I think so really at the end of the day, here's what I want to tell you. Don't be ignorant about following things. Mm-hmm. Do your own research. That's right. Don't right. believe what the news says. Don't believe what anybody. Hey, if you, Jake, if you will become a member of Planned Parenthood, 
you would you would appreciate. Don't do your own research. That's right. You know, guys, get you got these little Google machines on your phone. <laughs> Google it, man. What does the feminist movement stand for? What does Black Lives Matter stand for? What is Antifa? What is Planned Parenthood? Google it. I mean, I'm pretty sure within the first paragraph, you're going to find out what they stand for. That's right. Go to their website. Read yeah. their literature, their mission statement. Um, this is important stuff. Major question here. Now that we said that, it kind of leads right into this. How do we hear from God? <laughs> not, not 100% sure how that leads right into that. Well, but I mean, if you're, praying, <laughs> if you're praying for God to reveal to you, with, you know, if you should follow a group, how do you know he spoke to you? Yeah, that's, that's true. Right that's true. I'm getting you, man. So, I'm getting you. How do, how do we hear from God? Man, this is... Uh, I had to get a sip there. I had to get a sip of my new Yeti cup. This is the only one that is dishwasher safe, okay? Um, now, I've put all my other ones in the dishwasher, but this one is guaranteed dishwasher safe. Uh, it's a gift from I a friend. I just spilled coffee on our table. <laughs> oh, dang. I was trying to read the side of it. That's <laughs> all right. And so, man, there's, there's a long answer to this, and there's a short answer to this. And so I'll start with the short answer, because I get asked this from students all the time. How do I hear from God? And the short answer is, Open your Bible and read it. That's the main primary way that we hear from God because we as uh, evangelical Christians believe that this is God's word. This isn't just a good word about God, but this is God's breathed perfect word. And so when we read anything from Ezekiel to James, okay, even though there's a lot of time in between when those two books were written, we believe that this is God's word to us. So if we want to hear from him, he has spoken through his revealed word, which is not only perfect, but it's complete. There's not going to be any more added to it or anything taken away. Um, yeah, yeah, agree? Uh, absolutely. And, and, and you, say, you may say, well, I'm 17 years old. I've been reading the Bible for three years, and it's just like God has flipped a switch, and I'm not hearing from him. Mm. Am I normal? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you are. Hey, we're in ministry. <laughs> uh, our pastors would tell you, right, listen to me, guys. Charles Spurgeon, one of the greatest pastors of all time. Here we go Billy Spurgeon. Graham. Yeah, yeah. I man. mean, any pastor, anybody that seeks the Lord in their life, there's going to be times where uh, you may not hear from God. Listen, mm. between the New Testament and the Old Testament, there was 400 years. Not a peep. Where nobody heard from the Lord. That's right. And they had to just, you know what they had to do? They had to read what they had. They read what they had. <laughs> That's right. And they then all of a sudden, Testament. boom, here's Jesus on the scene. Mm -hmm. You know, and now we're now we've got God in flesh here on the earth with us. So, you know, I just want to encourage you, you may say, man, I'm not getting anything out of it. I'm just not hearing from God. Keep digging. Yeah, keep digging, keep reading. God is faithful to meet you there. Side note, if we got a side road to roll down that's not on our board, uh, do you think God audibly speaks to people these days? Have you ever heard somebody say that they heard the voice of God? I've heard that. Okay. Let me say, let me say this. I think God uses people sometimes mm. to speak His word. Mm, let me good. give you an example. That's good. My aunt died when I was in high school, 2002. Uh, my senior year, she passed away from stomach cancer. My mom and my aunt were just best best friends. Yeah. And they were. My mom was grieved. I mean, she was grieved. She stopped eating. Just depressed. Just. Just grieved over her sister. And my mom works at an um, insurance place in Op. A lady comes in one day and says, I don't know why I'm supposed to do this, but I had a dream last night. And your aunt, your sister, Lisa, was in the dream. And she wanted me to tell you she's okay. Huh. And she's at peace. Yeah. But could that be God? Yeah. I think God uses that situation. And you know, we <clears throat> see in Scripture where it says... 
you know, when did you experience me? When did you experience God? Well, when you fed the, the hungry dude, you experienced mm-hmm. God. When you, when you clothed the naked, you experienced God. When you gave, And I think in these little things, sometimes God uses people to come into your life and, and speak to you. Now, as far as audibly hearing, <laughs> why does God's voice sound like that? Always. I don't, I don't know. know. It does. Like, it does. I it's really hope, whale, like I always hope that he sounds like Morgan Freeman. Well, that's what I think. I hope. But he just has a glorious voice. Yeah. I don't um, know if he, I hope he sounds like that. Or James Earl Jones. Yes. Yes. So, but, you know, I, I don't necessarily believe that God, you will hear God just audibly say, Jake, do this. I've never heard it. I've, I've never, never heard it. I'm not saying he can't. Uh-huh. I mean, he can. Mm-hmm. In the Bible, he used a donkey to talk mm-hmm. To get his message across. But I believe that everything God wants us to know about him and Jesus and the way we should live our lives can be found in the word that he's inspired and gave to us. That's right. Jesus said, hey, you have Moses and the prophets. If you're not going to believe them, then you're not even going to believe me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's already been given to you. It's there. It's there for the taking. And you may say, hey, listen, you're a student. You may say, listen, I'm so bogged down. And, and, you know, I've asked students this before. Well, where are you reading? I'm reading through the cultural laws of Leviticus. <laughs> right, right. You know, I, I respect that. Yeah, I mean, but here's what I'm it's all say. inspired. It's all God's word. Yeah, take a time out from Leviticus. <clears throat> go over, maybe read some Proverbs. Maybe read some James, That's some right. New Testament. I'm not saying the Old Testament's not relative. But sometimes you're going to get bogged down on who begot who and who mm, should begot who. That's right. And, and you should eat this on these days and wear this on those days. Sometimes so. students go like all Harry Potter on it, and they're like, I just close my eyes and open it, and yeah. that's what I read for the yeah. day. Hey, Jer- like, Jeremiah 29 Jeremiah 29 and then we're going to take that verse out of context yeah. like everybody does. But, <laughs> I mean, really, have a Bible reading plan yes, <clears throat> and stick to that plan even on the hard days, and, and there will be good days where you will Absolutely. hear from the Lord. He'll speak to you. And here's what word. I think, too. I think on those days you say, well, God just really didn't speak to me at all. I just didn't hear anything. That may be like on a Monday. <laughs> like on the next Tuesday, you may encounter something in your life at school or in your family, mm. and all of a sudden, you're reminded. A little light bulb goes off and says, hey, I read that last Monday. That's right. That's what that's about. That's, that's and, what it does. That's how so, it works. And- I would encourage that. Just I had a preacher one time. I was just beat down. I was like, man, I'm just not here from God. I just... Feel so alone. I feel like I'm praying and it's bouncing back off the roof. Mm-hmm. He said, "Just keep praying." That's right. And we see that throughout the Old Testament. We see that in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a lot of prophets that just didn't hear from God. Another like, little tip is helpful to, to pray for your Bible reading before yes, you read. I, that's like, right. Pray that the Lord will speak to you through your Bible reading. Exactly. Um, so they work hand in hand. And, yeah, and kind right. of a side note on that. You know, how do you know you're called to ministry? How do you know that you're called to ministry? Could you could you not find a job anywhere else? So you're like, I'll just go work for the church. <laughs> Easy well, money, right? well, I don't have a lot of talents. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I recently built a uh, playhouse for my kids out of pallets, and that's probably the biggest accomplishment of my life as far as building something goes. But anyway, I, I, I have two students in my youth group, I'm not going to name them, who are currently dealing with this call. They're struggling with this call. They're thinking about it. They think maybe God's calling me to full-time ministry or, or missions or something like that. And so, <clears throat> man, I'm working with them through that. So how do you know uh, that you're called? Well, I think there's a, an experience that we both could share, a little bit about our calling. Mm-hmm. And there's also a, sort of a criteria and a formula for it, too. Exactly. And so I'll, I'll start by saying... 
uh, a criteria is, um, this is just kind of obvious, if you're the only person who thinks that you're called to ministry, then you might not be. <laughs> um, it is, it, I'm not saying you're not, but what is very important is, is that you are part of a local church, that you do seek counsel from your pastors or older people in the church, and they, as the church, affirm the calling that God has on your life. doesn't mean they think you're perfect or you're really skilled or you're going to be a great preacher or anything like that, but they see the Holy Spirit moving on you in that way, and they sense the call as well. Um, tell us about your, your call in ministry. Uh, How'd you well, get my here, call man? in ministry from when I was in ninth grade, I determined in my life that I was called to be a poultry scientist. And in particular, I wanted to do feed, meal, production, and, and stuff like that. I so, work at uh, Wayne's Farm. Wayne's Farm. Farm. I, was yeah. at, I was at Pilgrim's Pride. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, I was determined that I was going to do that. And, and God began to deal with my heart in about 11th grade. There was a youth pastor that would come eat lunch at Op High School, and I would see him. And I remember the Holy Spirit just quickening my heart and saying, I want you to do that one day. Mm. Well, here's my first thought. I don't want to be poor. And... I don't want to have to move around all the time. I don't, yeah. I, that's not for me, God. <clears throat> yeah. So I began to run from that calling. And here's what happened. The harder I ran from that calling, the louder the call was in my life. <laughs> and, you know, it's almost like I just kept pushing. I'm hard-headed. I kept yes, pushing and kept pushing and kept pushing to uh, do poultry science. And every route that I took, I hit a dead end. Man. And here's what started happening. People started coming to me at my home church saying, you ever thought about the ministry? Yeah. They didn't know. They didn't know that what God was doing in my heart. And I'm oh, like, that's cool. God, why would you do that? And, you know, eventually, after two years of running, I answered the call to the ministry. Man, and guys, so it was a relief. And so many people came up to me. They brought me before the church, and we announced it. And so many people came through and said, we've been seeing that for a while. We were wondering when you were going to surrender. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just a confirmation. So, you know, here's what I tell kids. If there's anything else that you can pursue without any hesitation, right. do it. And be happy and be happy. satisfied doing that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, here's what I realized. Poultry science <coughs> was not for me. Huh. Uh, after four years, of five, six years of pursuing poultry science, the more I pursued it, the more I realized this is going to be a miserable life. Mm. This is not what I want to be. And I'm not saying poultry science is miserable. It's a great field. we got to eat chicken. We love it. But that wasn't for me. So, you know, you got any thoughts on that? How long, question for you, how long between God calling you to the ministry until you had a full-time ministry job? How, how many years? Uh, let's see. God began to call me my 11th grade year, the summer between my 11th and senior year. Mm -hmm. My whole senior year, still in youth group, kind of become a, a leader in my youth group. Sure, yeah. And, you like know, that. just kind of testing the waters. Then I went to junior college, Enterprise State Junior College. Right, yes, yeah, sir. I spent a year there. And yeah. pursued it there, but the whole time I was pursuing it there, I was a youth worker in my youth group. I was uh -huh. a college uh -huh. student. God began was continued dealing with that. So three years, uh, this started in 2001, and in 2000, the summer of 2004, I became an intern at my home church. And God, and from that point, from two, the summer of two, May of 2004 until present day, I have been in the ministry. It's almost like um, if you're happy and satisfied doing it for free, yeah. then, then yeah. that's a good I sign. Like it, uh, and so, because I, I did some youth ministry work for zero pay for a while, too. That's part of it. Absolutely. But the reason why I ask you that is because I do think people have this um, microwaved uh, McDonald's drive-through sense of, hey, God's calling me to the ministry. I'll be a pastor next 
week or even next year and it, it doesn't often happen like that it takes a lot of preparation it does. not just in school i do think school's good um but also just experience mm-hmm. with local church and, and ministering and, and i would encourage you to do this if you do feel called you say you know i'm running from maybe you've been running from it kind of like i was or maybe you're young like mm-hmm. your students and say you know that's just something i gotta think about I, you know pray about seeking out education Mm-hmm. Seek out, you know, okay, what's my route going to look like? You know, am I going to go to seminary? Am I going to do this? And I know that's a long way off, but it is something to think about. Continue to pray about uh, God revealing that to you and, and listen to people. Yeah. You know, listen to what people say. If there's somebody in your church that is saying, hey, you've got a calling on your life, listen to that. I, man, I get all the time, and this is maybe taking a side road, hey, you don't have to go to Bible college to be a pastor. Yeah, that's true. But I'm not sure I'd be a very good pastor without education at this point. Absolutely. There's, I'm really yeah. not sure. I mean, it helped me so much. Um, me and Jake went to the same college. We did. The Baptist College, Baptist of, college of Florida. Eagles. Uh, and, you <laughs> know, there was things I would have thought that I would have thought that same thing. Like, I don't have to go to college to be a student pastor. And I don't. There's a lot of great, great youth pastors out there that has never right. finished high school. That's right. Absolutely. And there's nothing That's wrong true. with that. Nothing Here's wrong with it. Nothing. nothing. But here's what happened when I did go to a Bible college. They begin to teach me things that I've never heard before. Not bad things. Right, something right. called hermeneutics. <laughs> Herman who? Herman. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hermeneutics. Listen, if you go through a hermeneutics class, God, listen, they teach you how to tear that Bible apart. That's right. That's right. And I believe you're better equipped. Like, you know, one class I took was uh, uh, adolescent development. I mean, mm-hmm. I understand mm-hmm. how you guys click and how what you think. That's right. Well, I don't know. I mean, sometimes y'all think things like, where did that come from? That's not in the books. But, you know, I believe you. I believe God wants you to be better equipped for the ministry That's that right. he's given And if he opens a door to do it, you can step through that door. Absolutely. Uh, I don't want to dwell on this, but I'll, I'll just say that I, I felt a calling to ministry maybe as early as 13 but really didn't commit to that call till age 19 because I went haywire in high school, and that's part of my testimony. But I do remember my youth pastor saying that exact same thing. He said, if you could see yourself being satisfied doing anything other than ministry, you need to do that because this is the uh, happiest but hardest calling on your life. And I think pastoral ministry is true. I think that's true. It's the happiest but hardest calling on your life. And that... Man, is there eternal value in being a pastor? Yes, unmatched, I think. And 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 the responsibility is great. We see in Scripture how we'd be held to a higher standard and how uh, we really have to be called to be pastors. Um, so, <clears throat> but eternal value is great, but it's also it's also very difficult. And, and, and you just said something important. If you don't feel a calling in your life, okay, let me just say, I know people think this all the time. I hear this all the time. Well, y'all only work on Wednesdays and Sundays and play sure. off the rest yeah. of the week. Yeah, that's right. No, we, there's a lot of things we do that's right. that you don't know about. Uh, counseling, you know, premarital, family counseling, you know, all kind of opportunities. So listen to me, guys. If you do not feel called to ministry, you know, oh, I don't feel called to ministry, but this church is looking for a guy to hire, don't do it. And if you don't have a calling in your life for that, you're going to hate it. And it may even turn you away from the faith. You may say, hey, look, I just don't even want any of this all together. And that would be horrible. You know, that would be horrible. And speaking of that, what if, horrible. Your, what if your youth group stinks? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how much time we've been doing this and what our time limit is, but we're just going to keep going. We're rocking and roll through. I don't know. I haven't been keeping up with it. I haven't keep up with it. <clears throat> 
Great question. What, what if your youth group stinks? I was a part of two youth groups in high school. I made this great transition uh, between ninth and 10th grade. And I went from, and they were both good youth groups, I'll say. But the one I went from probably had about 15 students to one that had 75 students. And so it was a big transition. And I'm not saying size is everything. That's not the point. The point is, is that there are some youth groups out there who uh, don't have a lot of resources, unfortunately. They don't go to camps. They don't do fun overnight things. A lot of times it's just because they can't. Uh, afford it, they don't yeah. have availability. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of youth groups that are awkward, they might not do music, uh, their music might be old school hymns and that's not what you like. And, and so there's this feeling that, man, my youth group's terrible, and then you kind of look across the fence to the other youth group down the road and you're like, they got it going on over there. Lots of students, uh, lots of activities. And so what do you do? Do you just hop over there across the fence and desert your church that you've grown up in for several years that your parents may go to, or do you stick it out, um, and do you try to influence it best you can? It's a, it's a tension there, yeah. tension there. True. Um, my first question, uh, I've, ha I've heard this all the time, like, well, I'll go to Second Ebenezer, you know, church, such and such. Our, our church stinks. And, you know, my first mm -hmm. question is, well, why does it stink? You, t you tell me from your words, why does it stink? We don't ever do anything fun. Okay, well, uh, or the next question is, well, the service is so boring. Well, is mm. the service really boring, or are you just not paying attention to getting anything out of it? That's right, because I've had students tell that about me, that I was boring. So yeah, so, we you know, boring moments. People might say this podcast is boring. They might, they might. <laughs> watch it. If you made it this far, you're probably starting to think about it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, why does it stink? You, you tell me, why does it stink, number one? And number two, my second question I always ask is, what can you do to make your youth group better? That's right. I think that's great. I think it's also important to say um, you need to find, I think it's biblical to find a local church and commit to that local church. And on top of that, instead of saying I'm a member of Bethany Student Ministry, I want you to be a member of Bethany Baptist Church. I want you to be involved, if it's at all possible to you, to be involved in other parts of the church and really fulfill, because a lot of times we treat teenagers like they're, they're junior members and they're not capable of serving in the church in other capacities. Wrong. Uh, you are a full-fledged member of our church if you're a teenager and you're a member at Bethany. And so you need to take ownership of that. You need to love your local church, serve your local church. Absolutely. Use your gifts that God has given you to benefit your local church and advance the gospel through your local church. And so, man, it, I, I know some students who, I mean, I really want them to be producers in my youth group, not just consumers. Mm -hmm. And they got gifts, and they got talents, and they can. And so, well, yeah. I, I just think, you know, you've you got to look at it from those, like you said, those lens. What can I do? You know, I think it was uh, John F. Kennedy that says, it's not, ask not what you can do, what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Well, JFK, man. Yeah, I think yeah. we can roll that JFK into the, the church like and say, not what can my church do for me? Well, we never go on fun trips. Well, we never, you know, do this. We don't get anything free. Mm. Not what my church can do for me, but what can I do under the umbrella of Jesus' kingdom mm -hmm. for my church? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe you're the link that's going to help it. <clears throat> 
to go to the next level. Yeah, and, and don't be a person who has commitment issues. You yeah. know, people like that, they have commitment issues in other areas in life. They don't commit to the local church. I have some students, and I'm, I'm not bashing them, but they only show up for the overnight trips. They only show up for yeah. the fun activities. They're not grinding in God's Word with us week in and week out. And I really wish they would because they're missing out on a whole lot that God has for them. Absolutely. And they're missing out on, on, on really giving our youth group their gifts yeah. and their, their time. And You yeah. roughly get seven years of student ministry, typically at any given church. Seven years. That's not that much. Mm-hmm. I mean, that goes by like that. And, you know, after those seven years, you become an adult, you become a leader. You know, there's not going to be, unless you're a leader, there's not going to be church camp and all these different things and all the fun stuff. Hey, go to your youth pastor and say, hey, here's some games. Let's, let's play, try to play some games on Wednesday right. night. You know, hey, I'm willing to sing. I mean, maybe you got a voice. I'm willing to sing on Wednesday night. Or, you know, something like that. It says, hey, I want to serve in any way I can. Now, my last question, I know we got to get done. How do we know when it's time to leave mm. our church? Because there is a time. To there leave. is a time. There to leave. is. Um, there is. I would say first and foremost, I don't want to make it too theological, but at any point, if your youth pastor or your pastor is teaching something that is not in accordance with God's word, and they're consistently teaching it, they didn't just have a bad night where they blurted something out and it wasn't right. Because I might do that from time to time, but they're consistently teaching and living in defiance of God's word, not under the umbrella of God's word, then you should be looking for a new church. Yeah, absolutely. You should be looking and, for a new and, church. And one thing I would add to that, kind of a comma, is you know, if your student pastor has said something you don't agree with, go to them. That's right. That's go right. to them first and say, hey, brother Jake, you said that it's okay to be homosexual. Yeah. Uh, explain yourself. And That's Jake right. may say, I said that? Oh, my gosh, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> I mean, that came out wrong. Let me. But, you know, if every week Jake says something like that, then mm-hmm. you may need to move. That's right. And also, and I've heard this on several occasions, this is what, you know, if you feel like there's there's been youth pastors in the past that's done bad things. Yes. And I know a, 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 a youth group close to here where the youth pastor was touching or molesting some of the youth girls mm-hmm. and doing things, you know, sending texts that were inappropriate, sending pictures that were inappropriate. If that's you, mm-hmm. you know, you say, well, that's the reason I want to leave because this is going on. First of all, you need to let somebody know. Yes, you do. You need to tell your yes, parents. You, you need to approach the pastor. You yes. need to do tell somebody at school. Uh-huh. And second of all, you need to get away from that toxic situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree 100% with that. So, and not think about it, but yeah. very, very And it true. happens. It does you know, happen. And you are a victim. It mm-hmm. does. So, you know, those are some situations. But listen to me. Don't, don't just go to the next church. Don't just want to move because they go to camp. That's or they right. go snow skiing. That's or right. Or they do that because, guys, listen, my, my youth professor always said, if it takes a circus to get them here, it's going to take a circus to, oh, to keep them man. here. Dr. E, man, he told us so that, too. here's what I'm going to say. Take a show to get them there. Take a show yeah. to keep them. You know, hey, if you, want to, if you want to go to the church down the road because they go on a snow skiing trip, then after that's going to be over with, you're going to be looking for that next big trip. Hey, I want to go to Disney World with my That's right. That's right. Want, I mean, so it's always going to be something. Yeah. So, I'd add a little caveat and yeah. say, um, I've never heard somebody get into college age or into adulthood and say, man, I hate that I spent so much time in my youth group when no, I was I've a teenager. But I've heard plenty of people say, man, I wish I had spent more time in my youth group when I was a teenager. Um, I wish I would say it more, Absolutely. it more. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let me say this. This goes with you, and I'm done. 
If you have commitment issues as in student ministry, guys, I'm afraid to tell you, you're going to have commitment issues as an adult. Yes, especially with the church. And if you're especially like a if you're church. like a twice a monther on youth group and you breeze in and grace us with your presence and then you mm -hmm. breeze out and we don't see you again for two months, when you become an adult and when life things happen, yes, you're going to be that person. Yes, and you're you going to it's going to be super easy for you just to drift on that. It's, it's slowly destroying your legacy. And it's going to be tough. And I'm sorry. I mean, I hate that. I hate that. That's one of my most hurtful things about student ministry is when students are not committed to the Lord. And it just hurts because right. I know they're not going to be committed as an adult. Yep. Unless God radically changes their heart. And you know Absolutely. what? Unless God changes them, their kids are not going to be committed. That's right. That's how it happens. And it's That's how it happens. I mean, it's just a slope that you don't want to be a part of. So we've taken up a lot of time today. But I feel like we have not combed some really tough issues. Those are good questions. Those were good questions. Good thank you, guys. Thank you, Bethany, and our Carolina questions. Guys, listen to me. If you're watching this and you don't go to one of our youth groups and you say, i got some serious questions. Comment it. Comment it on any on Instagram, on yeah. YouTube. Uh, you know, maybe you call the church and say, "Hey, I don't know how to get up with Jake or Gary. Call Carolina. Call Bethany. That's and say, right. hey, I want to leave because we want to. We want you guys to get a firm foundation in your Christian faith, mm -hmm. even through the tough things. Yeah. So uh, like, share, whatever Absolutely. to get this video out. We want people to be able to watch it just because we do think it will build the church up. That's the point of it. Build youth groups up. And so if you don't have a home church or a home youth group, or if maybe you've been to Bethany or Carolina, but you haven't been in a long time, let's get a reminder of when your youth services are here 630 at Carolina. 6.30 Wednesday nights at Carolina. Real easy to remember because we're also 6.30 Wednesday nights at Bethany. And if so, you say, well, Bethany and Carolina stink. Well, there's plenty of churches in this That's right. Find a church Pick that one. believes and preaches the Bible and yes. go to it and continue hey, to go to that's it. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right. Always hey. fun. Always yes. good. Love you guys. I'm Wimbo. He's G. That's it. See, we'll see you later.